Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet. The flooring experts. I got floor.com. on KMOX 205. Our buddy Trisha is here with us. If it seems very quiet today, it's because both Wheeler and Andrew are out. We think that they're out shopping together at the Galleria. So if you're there. (laughs) Oh, hopefully they're buying presents for us. Yes, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. How are you? I'm great. Looking all cool in your leather jacket. Yeah, you know. (laughs) I'm actually in like uh, the clothes I slept in underneath, but I just put a little. uh, Really? No, Is there a story behind that? It. No, I didn't. Um, I have been feeling very bummy lately. Mm. Do you guys ever have that? Ooh. Yes. All I don't want to wear anything tight. I don't want to mm-hmm. wear anything nice. I don't want anybody to think I look nice. I just <laughs> like. Don't set any I, expectations. It may be just the end of the year push, but the the more comfortable sweatpants vibe I can get, the yeah. I've been doing. So, what do you think about at the office? Um, because radio is different, you know. Uh, but even when I started 24 years ago, other than Stephen D.C., who used to just wear their pajamas, uh, but they could get away with it because they were the talent and they were the big dogs, but everyone else had to look semi-presentable. Yep. But now we got a lot of yoga pants. You got you got sweat pants. Like, what are our thoughts on this? Hmm. Um, I think it's devolved, and most of the time I'd say, contrary to what I just said, I don't love that we've let ourselves slip to yoga pants as the norm. So Yeah. I kind of agree. You know who was wearing sweatpants last week? Who's that? Wheels. Did you notice? I never noticed what Wheels is wearing. He was bragging about, I I feel like we're always just talking about him when he's not here, but he was bragging about his new pants, and then he wore his sweatpants into work, but they looked pretty nice. I mean, Were they like nice sweatpants? Yeah, they were nice. I think there's levels to it. I think, you know, there are, like, Ronj always wears, like, the Lululemon Mm -hmm. pants, and you know they're a sweatpant material, but, like... wears Lululemon pants? I think they're Lululemon. They're, like, that type. Like the Tim Convy kind. Yeah, Yeah, they're, like, golf pants, kind of. And I don't really have a problem with that, but, like, actual sweatpants like the soft material and it's like bunched in at the bottom <laughs> we can skip that got a little work. nail a little in the slot back yeah, behind exactly. yeah exactly right 
I heard there's a trend with younger with younger people, like high schoolers, late grade school, where you actually do wear pajamas out in public. Oh yeah, like the like soft fuzzy pajama mm. pants are very popular yeah. out and about these days. I haven't been to uh, any church in a long time, but back when Phoebe was in school at. Uh, ICD, we would go for different things, and people would wear uh, sweatpants there and sandals. Wow. Yeah. That seems inappropriate. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I feel like even if, okay, because people use the excuse of like, God just wants me to show up to church. And it's like, you're right, he does. But you have to show respect to like the priest or the pastor or the elders of the church who probably want you to show up looking nice. I think it's better to just put on a pair of jeans. Come on, people. It's not that hard. I, uh, as you know, Rachel, I never go grocery shopping and it without something happening. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. I, I don't know what it is about me. I just attract this kind of stuff. But I was in, I was at Schnooks and I was in, I guess now we're just doing the one long line. Yeah. And maybe that's the way it should have been done forever. Uh, but it was a pretty long line and there was a pretty old guy, cute as a button. He was all dressed up and he was just buying a newspaper and he was like, you could tell he didn't go to the store very often. And he's like, oh, I hope I make it home in time for lunch. And <laughs> an even older lady who is behind him, but she was savvy. She was like, you need to go to the self-checkout. And he was, he, you know, he didn't know what she was talking about. And she's like, it's right over there. You see those lights. It's a self-checkout. You this, this, you do this. And then she looks at me and she goes, young man, <laughs> tells you how old she was. Young man, take him and show him and I'll hold your place in line. And I'm not going to go into, this is the thing with me that I'm terrified of the self-checkout. And so, of course, I'm like, sure, come on along, Popeye. <laughs> and uh, we get over there. and he, the blind leaning the blind. Uh, he can't make it work. I can't make it work. I'm I'm just like, steal the newspaper. I'll cause a diversion. Just run as fast as you can. Uh, (laughs) So we both come back to the line having failed. Oh, that's sad. Awful. That's really sweet that that older lady like wanted to help him out. I think she was hitting on him. (laughs) I think that's what was going on. Why are you scared of the self-checkout? I have a weird fear and aversion to doing things that I don't know how to do it and might get made fun of for. Ooh, I get that. Yeah. I do. I get that. Yeah. Like, I think everyone's like that, mm-hmm. but I have a, an extra heap in helping. And so <laughs> the only time, Rach and I would go down to Culinaria and I would be like her son. <laughs> and so I would like put the things in the bag after she had beeped them through. <laughs> And then I'd be like, no, you have to keep them in the bag. She Don't would. take them out of the bag. She would. She'd yell. She's like, not yet, not yet, not yet. Dave's like pulling them out, unwrapping them already. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like there were a couple of times I said this before, but it makes me laugh. Like the same people were there all the time. And the same attendant, because there's always an attendant for people like me. The same attendant, this woman was always there. And uh, a couple of times I bought wine and you have to show your ID. Oh, yeah. And it, and it would say like, show the attendant your ID. I'm like, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I am buying a Pinot Noir. I'm just like making an ass of myself. She's like, it's okay. Yeah, she was like, good, chill, good. just God. Just have, why don't you open it and drink a little? <laughs> no, I, I have I had that for a long time. Yeah. Just don't don't dig it. Now I, it's like if I came over to your house and we played a card game, I didn't know. I'm fine. Yeah. It's when strangers are watching me operate something. Well, there's the added level of pressure of people waiting on you, too. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Checkout line gets a little bit long sometimes, too, and people are yeah. getting real antsy behind you. So if you're the guy that can't get it scanned, it's, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yes. You know what I saw at Target last night? 
I saw someone in one of the scooter chairs who obviously didn't need it. And I know this because she got up out of the chair and went and walked around for a little while. And she was like a young person. It was just one of those things where it's like, okay, are the scooter chairs now just for funsies if you want to just scoot around the store instead of walk? Is that just the standard now? Because I would think, I mean, they can't have someone at the door like proving that you need the chair or something. I knew a family, I'll tell you off the air, who when they would go to Disney, they would all use them. And Ugh. none of them were disabled. Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. It is not the same. So it is very different than using the big stall in the bathroom. Like that you do sometimes. Yeah, like, that's different. Hey, I probably shouldn't be in here. Using those scooters because it's such an inconvenience for the people around you. Yeah. And what if somebody needs those? It's mm-hmm. not like there's 20 of them up front. Exactly. And I would think that they would be inconvenient for you using them, too. I mean, it just yes. seems like it would be easier to just zip around and walk around. It just seemed like it's, oh, it's just more fun to be on the scooter. Oh, it made me so mad. Yeah. And then I made a scene. <laughs> I was, like, demanding that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Flip that scooter over. Right. I'm like, you, you're fine. <laughs> there was a... Uh... Uh, this is a, a schnooks where a lot of old people live, <laughs> and there was a, a lady writing a check. Mm. And not only Did was they she let you do that, uh, yeah, and not oh. only was she writing a check, but it seems that it's the first check she has written in 60, 70 years. And even, you know, like in the olden days when you would be literally behind her, uh, it's not that big. It's, not, it's you know because it's just like go to number twelve, go to number fourteen. So we're all waiting the same amount of time, mm-hmm. and even though. She was going to delay me 18 seconds, and she's old. I'm still bitter. I'm still just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, could have been my mom, and I'm still mm-hmm. just like, oh, I can't believe I'm a check. What a I'm so check. busy right now. You know, go take out Three a loan. I already had to leave my spot and go humiliate yeah. myself in the Oh, my God, it was humiliating. <laughs> the guy oh. looked just like the guy from Up. Oh, oh that's really sweet. Carl, is that his name? I've never seen yeah. the film. Look, don't. It, it's uh, the the have you seen it? Yes. Like the first yes. ten minutes are pulls at those hearts. Horrifying. They are. It's a horror movie. Oh my god! It is. <laughs> it absolutely. Yeah. They're losing babies. Sorry. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh my goodness. It is. Yeah. It's, it's devastating. No one warned me about that. Yeah, that's that's upsetting. I had a uh, existential philosophic thought over the weekend. What can I share it? Yeah. So as you know, I'm an agnostic. But I'm hopeful that I don't just die like a dog, that like I'll wake up and there'll be something, hopefully not pitchforks and flames. But I was thinking that if the grand wizard of the universe like came to you and said, like, well, how about this? Let's just let's just make a deal. Let's just settle on something. When you die, you're not going to go to like streets of gold heaven and you're not going to go to lake of fire hell. But what you're going to do is you're going to have this awareness And it's going to be the top 100 moments of your life, the top 100 happiest you've ever felt, all put in a bowl and all mixed together. And that's how you feel for eternity. Do you take it or do you hold out for the golden streets? I'm sorry. Did you say there's negative moments in there, too, or it's all the best? No, it's your top. It's your top 100 moments. I probably take my top 100 moments. It's just a lot of people say, oh, no, no, nothing that happened here on Earth is worthy to trade for like a true have an experience no i'd take my top hundred i think is this one of them i think well, I, clearly yeah yeah i mean this is top five your top 100 least. dave yeah. lover moments yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. like no no I you're like sorry lake of fire. sorry trisha you didn't binder. listen very carefully <laughs> yeah <laughs> the devil horns or this guy's little tail sticking out and so signing the contract he's like yeah. no because you know like i mean i think that that helps it 
assure that you're keeping uh, some of your identity in the next chapter. And I, I'd be cool with that. Yeah, me too. And it's like everything we know about heaven and hell, it comes from our perspective here on earth. So the only feelings we have about heaven are from like heavenly moments we've experienced. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. true joy. We know what yeah. that feels like because of these moments that we've had here on earth. So yeah. I, I, I've I said know. this before, and I don't mean this offensively to anyone who's religious. I used to be very, very religious. Uh, but when I was very religious, I remember someone preaching and talking about heaven and like, and we're and for eternity, we're just going to be there singing Hosanna to the Lord. And I, I raised my hand. I'm like, I'm going to level with you. I got maybe a thousand years of Hosannas. <laughs> And then I'm looking to the exit. Like, I just, I, I get it. Is that part of Goshen? I, I get it. Hosanna. But after, you know, after a few yeah. thousand years. Yeah, it's got to look different. Is there a buffet? Right? <laughs> yeah, is, is there, can I go fish for a while, maybe? Hold my spot in the Hosanna line. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 22 DGS, our pal Trisha from down the hall is hanging out with us. We have uh, Steve Harris from KMOVs in the green room. He'll be in in the next segment. Rachel, what do you have about teachers? Okay, so I saw a a TikTok this weekend, and it was an educator talking about uh, parents and how they're parenting their kids and how things are so much different than they were 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And I thought this was really interesting because we talk about this on the show all the time as far as, like, why is it the school's job to do this and that? Or why are things so different now? What changed? And this educator said that he feels like parents are teaching their kids that the teachers respect must be earned. In other words, the kids aren't coming into the classroom with the idea in their head of, I'm going to respect my teacher. They're being taught at home, or so this educator says and believes, that the teacher has to earn the respect for the kids before the kids will show it. And I just thought that was really interesting because that's very backwards from when I was a child. Um, Yeah, I'm probably going deeper than what you did, but is is this person saying that that's what the kids are being... Uh, intentionally taught, like, hey, yes. listen, 
you don't respect this teacher until they show you that, wow, that's. Well, I think it's like the overall, you know, we talk about how like institutions don't have the same respect they used to. And I think it's because many institutions have failed over and over again. But teachers, I think, is a little bit of a different situation because that's more of an individual than an institution doing anything to you. So you're looking at this adult. I mean, you're a child and that's an adult. You would think right off the bat, I'm going to show you some sort of respect. But the culture has shifted so much that it feels like we don't even have that shorthand anymore of like, oh, of course you respect your elders. Of course you'll respect your teachers. Now it's turned into, eh, there's kind of got to be a reason for me to listen to you. When I was a kid, and it was, I mean, I grew up in a really whippy time, but it wasn't just that. It wasn't just physical, you know, uh, punishment. But I, I, there were no adults I didn't treat with respect. Y- you know? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. like uh, other parents, teachers, janitors, the trash guys, it didn't matter. They're just, there was never a time as a kid where I was disrespectful to any adult. It well, just, you just didn't do it. And I can't blame the kids because the kids are just doing what they've been taught. I mean, a, a, kid, a child only knows what you Yeah, they don't know anything when they're born. So when did that happen? Like, when did we as Americans, and I'm not saying everyone does it, but there's obviously been a huge shift. We we just had, you know, several educators calling in last week and saying like, yeah, I spend all this time disciplining the kids rather than teaching and all this stuff is going on. What happened culturally to where it was like, oh yeah, you have to earn their respect first. Well, it's not a put, given. Let me try to answer that. Uh, what about the fact that kids learn more by what they see than what you tell them? And I don't know that there's ever been a time in the modern world where we have treated each other with less respect. Mm. Uh, You know, like if you just happen to watch television that your parents are watching, doesn't matter whether you're watching Fox News or CNN or just watching how adults uh, interact with each other. it, It is a whole lot less respectful now than it was in 1974. That's a very good point. Yeah. I think so. Well, and I think, too, that default used to be respect your elders. Now default is from the earliest, like, age, individuality is the most important. So you and your sense of self and what that means to the world is more important than the world around you. I think we respect, excuse me, um, like, kids, like, being more than we used to, which is, I think, probably a good thing, but also it takes away from the conforming to society. Yeah. Yeah, we've, like, overcorrected yes. there. We... <laughs> what? <laughs> Did we all hear that, or was it just me? I didn't hear anything. Okay, didn't we're fine. We'll just no. move on with the conversation. <laughs> Ethan looks like there's something really important he needs to no, tell us. No, he was us. talking to me through that sentence. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. No, you but stopped, okay. you said so funny. You stopped talking, oh, and uh, I look at Ethan, and Ethan looks like he has a bulletin to end all bulletins, and then he does this. I want you to Ethan's also not wearing a baseball cap today. So <laughs> he's like, there, it's extra urgent. Like, <laughs> he's taken off the we're, cap. Yes, we normally don't take him seriously but he's, he took the cap uh, off where were we i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> yeah that was i really thing. was i mid-sentence yeah oh my gosh i'm sorry yeah that's, you're really going somewhere too you're plowing some ground i feel like i wasn't but i appreciate <laughs> there that are people driving like what was she gonna say <laughs> Finish the i was about to solve the whole thing oh <laughs> no i can't remember i think we're getting at we've made kids too important 
Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah. And that has oh nothing God. to do with taking care of your kids, feeding, clothing, respecting, caring, loving. But we have, I certainly have, guilty as charged, made my kids think they're more important than they are when they're kids. Yeah, I think that's probably the the number one issue. But the thing is, is how do you take that back? How do you go, start going like, you're actually not that special? Yeah. <laughs> no, mine are ruined. It, it's uh, You have to... You, Next generation. Now it's yeah. your job to correct the dumb stuff that we did. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. Uh, Trisha continuing to hang out so she can avoid doing real work for Steve Moore out there in corporate land. And uh, Steve Harris, you know him from KMOV, is in studio with us for the very first time. How have we avoided each other all this time? I don't know because I listen. I mean, yeah. I'm a fan. So. That's very cool. <laughs> I really appreciate that. No bigger compliment. No bigger compliment than when someone in media listens to your show. I remember meeting Mark Cox a million yeah. years mm-hmm. ago before he was ever on the radio. And, of course, I knew him because he's got the hair. And uh, <laughs> and he came up to me like he was excited to meet me. And I'm like, wait a second. Are you excited to meet me? Because this is kind of weird. Um, so tell your story. I mean, like st- you were already talking about the weird way you got into on-air stuff. Go all- as far back as you want to go. Uh, I was conceived in February of 1970. <laughs> no, no, my I, yeah, my mom will be angry. No, you know what? Yeah, I uh, I wanted to be a lawyer yeah. or a or a radio DJ because I DJed a skating rink in 1989. There you go. And I found out how much you had to read and how much school for a lawyer. Forget that. <laughs> I'll do the I'll do the uh, the DJ. Like skating thing. rink feels right. <laughs> <laughs> that was not too bad. I could have probably done that. So I, I went to my my dad picked it. He's like, Why don't you be a news anchor? And make a million dollars. I didn't neither. Didn't make a million dollars. An anchor, but I I, I was in this small country station and uh it was a lot it was old it'd been around a lot a lot of the guys that was garth brooks and i'd go all right that was alan jackson blah 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 blah. (laughs) so you get this letter he's like what do you think we ought to do about this and i read it says i'm never listening again because of stev spell my name wrong harris uh he sounds like he's on cocaine he's he scares me he scares my kids he said what do you think we ought to do about that i went i don't know who stev harris he said don't be a smart aleck just tell me what you think and then maybe nothing Maybe you should clean up. He shows me this uh, closet with spick and span, and maybe you should do some cleanup while you're here. I said, Rick Dees doesn't do this. I said, well, you're not Rick Dees. And I said, that's not for me. So I kind of switched to TV shooting and editing, cameraman. I did that for six years in Springfield, came here in 2000, 2000, November. I started listening to you, Mm -hmm. by the way, which loved it. And uh, in 2012, our union said we could talk on the air. And I had a boss at the time, younger guy, said, hey, I love it, man. You're just being yourself. Just say whatever. Don't worry about it. Dress how you want. Be yourself. And, and I like it. So from there, it just kind of was funny in the mornings and then feature well, And you were talking and, about <clears throat> someone early on sent uh, a note saying, he's annoying. Yeah. He'll never last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I love something that Seinfeld said once. He said that comedy in general and entertainment overall is self-policing. Oh, yeah. You either get a laugh or you don't. You either get a new contract or you don't <laughs> right. it's not based on opinion right yeah so the fact that you're true. still here means that guy was wrong doesn't I mean so. everyone loves you or i'm everyone's cup of uh, tea but you're still here 
So, and my wife said, most of you, you're, you're trying to make yourself laugh. That's weird. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. If I think I'm funny, that's all I care about. <laughs> and we, we were talking about how people, I don't know, like I didn't go to school for, for radio or television or anything like that. And we talked about Trish Gazelle uh, did, and she was somewhere, and they said, hey, why don't you go read the traffic? And the next day, she was the traffic person. <laughs> and then she got the, the, the show with Jeff and Tom, and now she's Trish Gazelle. And I was an advertiser. <laughs> and I just got a chance to like, hey, you want a show? I'm like, Ooh. and <laughs> right. And you are a funny cameraman. And they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin big... Smith called in sick one day. They said, you want to do a thing on uh, gambling online in Illinois? I said, well, if I did that, I'd do that from home in my pajamas. Can I do that? Uh, I guess. So I went home, put on my pajamas, got a cup of coffee, did the whole thing. And at the very end, I said, be better if we could do winter storms from home. It's cold out there. It's snowing. Don't go out. Drink. Back to you. Boss loved it. Said, that that's perfect. I love it. <laughs> big boy, the guy in, in radio out in L.A. Um, who, when he left Imus, we all took a pay cut. Like that's how big of a deal he was. We oh. lost millions of dollars. He was a bodyguard, and someone from radio. He was like his bodyguard. He's like, you were really entertaining. You should do a radio show. And he turned into like a Howard Stern level guy. No kidding. Yeah, yeah that happens. You just never know. <laughs> No, you don't. So I'm always fascinated by this. Uh, it, 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 like, baseball players want to be rock stars. Rock stars want to be baseball players. Radio guys want to be television people. I'm, I'm fascinated by what you do and Tim and, and, and Rach just did uh, an interview with Rennie Knott. Yeah. What is your day like? Like, um, well, I do a lot of uh, feature reports now, so it's like feel good uh, or fun features. Theft. That's what I look for. Uh, people send me in, try this, try this. What do you think of this story? They'll assign me things. I'll look in the book, say, okay, we've got something going on. Um, Saturday, there was a, a group caroling. They called it Caroling for Karen. The lady passed away about 29 years ago, and they go out and carol in her honor like that, like that a lot. So I went down there, and I shot it. It's all shot. And I, I work from home a lot, so I got a laptop. I'll go out and do it, come back, put it in, write it, which is the hardest part, writing it, and then edit it, which is bad, bad, and then Dropbox it to the station, and there you go. Sounds like you have a ton of creative control at that point. Yeah, that, yeah, that is one good thing. They give me a lot of freedom with stuff like that and let me kind of just write it how I want and do it how I want to do it because I guess they have a lot of faith in me <laughs> <laughs> Things so have far. really, really changed, though, with – I remember it would have been around 2008 because when Bulger and I did the uh, – uh, the USO, and uh, one of the prime Channel 5 reporters showed up with a camera by herself. And I was like, hey, oh, yeah. what's going on here? And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the new world. And from then on, man, that was it. I shoot and edit all my own stuff. If I'm live, I'll get a guy. That makes sense, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I've got camera. i got a laptop. I've got everything. I go out and I shoot and I hook up the mic. I set up the lights. I ask the questions. I go back. I write. Yeah, which is weird because when I was in Springfield, Missouri, this was like market 20. Big market. Like, yeah. man, when you get there, I was still a cameraman, but they have cameramen and reporters and they do different jobs. It didn't take long when I got here. And I, yeah. Yeah, just went the other direction. Now yeah. we hire people that will do it all. Which sucks because, yeah. and it's not just our industry, I'm sure it's every industry, but at my old company at Emmis, it was probably 2008 when we had the big meltdown. But we had four stations, we had about 160 employees, and they fired about half of them. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then they realized, oh, we can run four stations with half the people. Everyone just has to work twice or three times as hard and get paid oh. less. And yep. I remember at the time saying to someone, like, those people are never coming back. And they never came back. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, you see a lot of that. I mean, a lot of new hires, a lot of turnover that didn't used to be there. When I got here, it was a lot of the older reporters had been here a very long oh, yeah. time, and they stayed, you know. And then 
they started going their way, and then they start hiring younger, and they a lot of turnover that wasn't there when I first started. Yeah, especially in a size in market this size. Right. What? Not that your job isn't adequate. Obviously, it is. But what would you? What do you still dream of doing? What would you? If you could have your dream job, what would it be with, uh, within the media? What you do would be a lot of fun. <laughs> no, let's uh, trade for a week. Yeah, well, yeah, we can do that. Let's do it. I'd love it. That, that, that would make a good that's story. I think that'd be bit. funny. I think that. it would. That would love be love really yeah. good. I've done a few things yeah. kind of similar to that. I, I, you know, I, I really have a great job. I really enjoy doing. I'm doing. I. Um, I'd like to say hosting, but I mean, I don't know. I see what they do, and eh, it's just not. I don't. I can't read. One time, I filled in on Great Day. One one time, mm-hmm. reading. I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't read it. Till, oh, you'll be fine. Well, I just let Ken Earhart do most of it. Just laughed at everything he said. Yeah. <laughs> that worked, but they never asked me again. So I don't know. like the opposite of Ron Burgundy. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't read. I'm not good at that. I did that. <laughs> I, I love this story. I've told it before, but when I did the Exorcism Live. Uh, on Discovery Channel, which was a live show that we rehearsed three days, which made no sense. And uh, I was going to be the backyard host because uh, a Ryan Reynolds lookalike was the front yard host. And so they said, you can read a teleprompter, <laughs> right? Great. And I'm like, I was born reading a teleprompter. I'd never seen one. Oh. And uh, so I get there and it's like Discovery Channel. They've got like real people. Oh, yeah, sure. And they turn on my teleprompter and I said, uh, hey, you know what? <sighs> This isn't the way I talk, and it doesn't really sound like me. Would you mind if I just tried to ad lib it? And he's like, uh, Glover's going to ad lib. Glover's going to ad lib. And I did it, and they said, sure, you just go ahead and do that. Had they not, I would have had to come clean and say, I don't have the skill to do this. I can't read this. I totally get that. Yeah, we've had people before, the coaches in, like, try pausing. Like they do at the networks. I'm like, well, I don't talk like that. Right. And people would be like, what's wrong? I tried it once. My wife's like, what's wrong with your voice? I'm like, eh, just yeah. doing what they told me. Don't do that. <laughs> you're, you're, I think you're very fortunate to have the job in television that you do. I, I know the people who do like morning television mm. are not stilted robots. Right. But they can come off that way yeah. because it's such weird interactions that no humans talk like. Like, humans talk like we're talking totally. now. Right. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And yeah, it hasn't sure. made it to television yet, for some reason, to let the anchors just talk like normal humans. I always, when I first started this, there was a guy from the company that owned us at the time was in town watching. And the boss told me the next day, guy loves you. He said, you just let this guy do what he does. I mean, I used to make fun of the press release. We get these things called press releases. I'll just, I would write stuff on my hands. I couldn't remember. I'd sweat it off. Sorry. Show it to the <laughs> camera. Yeah, just be yourself. And. I think people appreciate that because the more they can connect. You used to put my wife and kids in the stories a lot yeah. that I would do that was fun because I know people can connect to that. And yeah. It's about connecting to people, I think. So I'm kind of the WB frog. I am. I always say that I'm like my guitar amp. On three, it's jazz. On ten, it's rock. And on the air, I'm about a nine. In real life, I'm about a two. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm not loud. I'm I'm not, hey, hey, listen, I got a funny make up Like, I'm just not <laughs> that guy at all. What do you like off the air? Just exactly like that. Okay. Say, I, so you're I, the same. I'm a high, my wife's like, you're high strung. I am uh, type A. I, I talk a lot. I talk fast. I got stories that just nonstop. Yeah, no, it's just, I'm just pretty me. I, just, I don't know. My, I had a boss one time said, you... You think like a viewer instead of like a TV news person, which like is that. kind of a nice thing as well. He said, it's a gift. Don't don't lose that. And I, I try to yeah. think what would be funny. What would I like? What would I want to see? Yeah. Just do that. You know, I don't have, know. You, have you done stand-up? 
No, a couple of people told me I should. I think I'd be ner- a nervous wreck. I'm nervous right now, and I just I, I can only imagine doing that. It's terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I can look into one of these little boxes of a lens and say whatever, yeah. but I get people. Eh. I still I, I've done several live comedy shows now, but I still don't consider that I've done it because it was a, a captive audience. Like they were there to see me. How did it go? Did it, was, it went great? It, wow, it, it that's went cool. great. Like the very first time, I was going to do 15 minutes, and I did an hour, and now wow. I do now I do an hour, that's but. Great. If I really had the guts, I would go to, like, Kansas City, where no one knew me, do an open mic, uh, okay. and then see, see if I saying. really had the chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My right. guess yeah, is here, people okay. would be like, yeah, who the hell does this guy from, think that's he guy. Yeah, but somewhere, they, yeah, I can see what you're saying. <laughs> uh, Steve Harris is here from KMOV, and Trisha hanging out with us. one DGS, Steve Harris from KMOV is hanging out with us. So we're talking about switching jobs for a day, which I'm sure KMOV would love. They would. Yeah. I think they would, actually. You think so? Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if I'll pitch it, they'll like I'm it. I'm not allowed to go to Channel 5 anymore, so. <laughs> Burned every bridge yeah. They now call it the incident for some reason. <laughs> That's something I need, I need to hear then. <laughs> so uh, are you from Springfield, Mo? I am from Houston, Missouri, south oh, of Rolla, about man. 45 miles. A suburb of Rolla. Oh, yeah, a suburb. Oh, way suburb. <laughs> yeah. What's it like there? Uh, about 2,000 people, small town. I mean, I didn't know any different growing up. Springfield, Missouri was like the metropolis. Yeah. St. Louis was like New York City. Sure. If you're going to St. Louis, oh, God, he's going to the gigantic city. You know? Yeah. Now that I've been in the business, I've actually been to New York City, and it's not even yeah, the same. No, I, but, I grew up, like, if I drove real fast, I could get to my mom's house in 30 minutes from here. But when I was going to go to law school over here, it was, they cried. They, yeah, <laughs> really? They literally said, that's for smart, rich kids. <laughs> for, for real. It, it was like when we would go to, as a kid, when we would go from South Rexana to Six Flags, it would take three days. It was like a wagon train. <laughs> You'd stop oh, and camp great. out. You know, it just seemed, St. Louis was just impossible. To this day, the smell of bus exhaust gives me a stomach ache out of nervousness. Oh, that's funny. Because when you'd take a field trip, <laughs> I was I was just so intimidated by everything. So, Gosh, I remember taking field trips from high school up here when the McDonald's Riverboat was still yeah. there. Oh, we got to eat on McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, when I got here in 2000, I started asking some of the guys, where's the McDonald's Riverboat? What? Well, they had <laughs> let that go a long time ago. Let it float down. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so small town, small town, small town. Yeah. Trisha, small town, Freeburg, Illinois. Oh, oh man, yeah. Freeburg. Yeah, all the Not best people come from small there. towns. Yeah, yeah. Remember how much Mark Close made fun of me when I said I hadn't been in a two-story yes. uh, building until I was eighteen, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and I meant it. And he really laughed. <laughs> I, we used to go to the Rolla Hospital if someone we knew was there and ride the uh, elevator. Man, elevator. There's an oh, elevator yeah. in the Rolla Hospital. You, you got to get on the elevator. You guys have bring your tractor to school day. <laughs> <laughs> we have that. Get out. I swear. Did you have, really? Yeah, where the kids would bring their their tractor, they drive it Now, that's great. I was in, I, I, was, I graduated in 1989 from high school. So this was in the 80s in a small town. We were just talking about these the other night, my dad and I. People would have, they had gun racks in the back of their oh, truck sure. with their shotgun and their 22. They're going to go squirrel hunt. No one said anything about it or even thought anything about it at the no. time. I had a teacher who would trade pocket knives with kids because that's what he did. And you'd come in, eh, maybe not that one. Maybe bring a different one in tomorrow. It's just that <laughs> yeah. things are so bring different. Me a better now. knife, son. So different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a teacher who liked arm wrestling me a lot, but that was a different kind of deal, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's not too bad, right? Yeah. Not too yeah, always love about it. Win. <laughs> um, yeah, we had burning barrels 
which are just what they sound like. It like back in the alley, you take your trash out after dinner, dump it in a barrel, light it on fire. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Was, I know they had a smoking area, too, that if you were 18, you could smoke. And some of the teachers would smoke with the kids. Yeah. Where I went in school. You didn't have to be 18 <laughs> at Roxanne. I'll tell yeah. you that. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. that was way too late for oh, kids that's to be great. <laughs> No, I've said it before. I had to go from art class to math class. And the only way to get there on time was to go through the smoking area. <laughs> and there were all these grown women uh, wearing jeans jackets with Van Halen written in ink. Oh, that's great. And that's I great. I was terrified. Were you one of them? I, I would have been. Would yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, I would have been so scared of you. Yeah. I would have called you time. ma'am. There was a time that would have been me. That's funny. That my daughter was asking me, did they have a vaping area? I'm like, <laughs> vaping? I don't know what that was back then. Yeah, speaking of vaping, they say that it, with Gen Z, smoking is down to like almost zero now, which is nice. Although I guess it's just been replaced by vaping. Yeah. So. yeah, I was on the river last year on a float trip, and I noticed nobody was smoking cigarettes, but every other kid had a vape really? hanging from their neck, yeah. hanging out of their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's the new new smoking. So let's do this. Let's 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 figure something out. I want to do it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Switch. I think that'd be great. I mean, I don't know. I don't want your ratings to go down, and they oh. might if I was. <laughs> it's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Right, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it, it happen. All right. Let everybody know. Uh, that's Steve Harris on KMOV. <laughs> Thank you, Trisha. We Thank love you. you. Thank you very much. Love you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 